everything I've done is an escalation of this stream to the extent where I'm now making the first London brand for the UK. Instagram UK Frontline. Beatbox created. Killer Keller. And we're here to talk about world music and street cultures. Killer Keller podcast. Um, VIP Graffiti, okay? Some of you may not know these guys, but by the time you finish with this, you're going to get to know them, all right? This crew right here are the first people to bring UK graffiti paint over to these shores. This is a new brand. This is incredibly exciting for street culture. Guam, let's do that, VT. I've been here since 2005, where this store used to be a sports shop. 2011, the rights happened. The whole shop got um, vandalized, you could say, or robbed, whatever. I was away on holiday, so there was really a, not a lot I could do about it. When I returned back in early September, to my disgust, I had nothing left there. So I had to make a decision, do I carry on doing what I did before or do I pack up and go I decided to reopen the store as a sports shop which I did after doing so literally when less than a week I'm driving home and as I've gone up Tottenham High Road I noticed Sports Direct put a sign up that they'll be opening the following Tuesday I was gutted anyway I had to make a decision what I was going to do in this moment of depression or frustration I was going through a lot of anxiety but you can't you can't just go and tell people you know sports directs are opening up the road I'm gonna die anyway one night I had a dream that I was gonna sell paint which I thought was the most daft thing because I have absolutely no knowledge about paint or more than anything graffiti paint anyway a guy came in asking me for a job I took him on and because it was so quiet, every day he'd be sketching on this actual counter, doing like Billy and saying to me, look, this is for you. And I would look at him and say, what is that about? I never even had a clue that graffiti still carried on. I mean, I remember it from the 80s and I thought it just vanished. And I always say to people, if you're not in the scene, you will never know about it. Anyway, doing a bit of research, I thought, you know what? This is something I could possibly do. Anyway, I'd done a bit, a bit of research. I finally approached the company. I started to buy paint and the rest of it is history. Basically, I wasn't interested in employing anyone, but this guy, to get rid of him, I said, look, I'll think about it. Give me a time to think about it and we'll decide. But in the meanwhile, I was debating because I wasn't selling anything in the store. I was going to start doing a market to get rid of the stock. Anyway, the next day he's back again. Bruv, can I have that job? I said, how much do you want? Anyway, the money he told me was affordable 
and all my plans were is to do a market so we could do the market together anyway we started to do the market I managed to accumulate X amount of pounds which I then rang up a company and said listen I want uh, I want to buy graffiti paint the guy said to me listen I can tell from the way you're speaking to me you don't really have a no lot of knowledge on paint so I suggest you leave it alone but I wasn't gonna I wasn't prepared to leave it there so what I said to him was listen I've got three and a half thousand euros I'm gonna stick it in your account send me paint to that value which he did and there it was the beginning of me selling paint but what a lot of people didn't realize was that I did have this dream and I was following my dream and not just going on graffiti paint and up to now everything I've done is an escalation of this dream to the extent where I'm now making the first London brand for the UK the store as far as I'm concerned is something really unique because before I came along people used to say to me paints are kept in cages and paints are done this and paints are done that my background is fashion and in fashion you need to embrace the colors in your hands and what I noticed when these guys were telling me oh the paint is behind cages I just didn't get that I'm thinking how can anyone you know paint a piece without getting the experience of putting color together because when we used to make women's clothing we used to get the fabrics and compare the colors which is what 99% of graffiti writers do and if that element is taken away from the writer I think their work suffers you know how I can put this forward to you is how can you have sex without foreplay and picking your paint is the foreplay before you go out and crucify your piece you know and these are things that I thought were missing in the game I mean people come from all over the world which absolutely gives me a high if you look behind me here you will see little red dots scattered everywhere these are places that people have come from around the world not just to visit London they've come in the intention to come to this store and hear me say yo 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 madness in the house you think I'm playing games I was never playing games that is why London cans are born just numerous um, I mean so many that I can't store the names but when I look on their Instagram pages I realize I've had some real people that are up in the game that are selling works for thousands of pounds but the thing is I don't differentiate between anybody someone can come in and buy a can for three pound will get the same love someone coming and spending 500 pound will get the same love it's all about customer service we do have regular events here i mean we've got over 20 uh, 31 spots that can be painted here on my say so when i say on my say so i don't want people to come in and just do anything i'd like the standards to be kept high because the local people do come here on a regular basis take pictures we get magazines coming here taking pictures we get um corporate people coming here doing advertising shoes like today we had someone doing a fashion shoe which i don't have no problem with and i always say to them listen my friend you can take all the pictures you want but if the artist sees it posted and opposes it then it's down to you because you've got no written permission from me yes it's all free to be viewed but to use it in a marketing formula then you take the risk on yourself and that's something that I always 
you know, emphasize when people come and do a video shoot or a fashion shoot, which I love. I love the local community coming here and not just buying paint, but able to use it to promote themselves, you know? I sell so many brands of paint. I promote other people's paint. I think I do very amazing marketing on Instagram. I've sold two, three brands of paint. So I thought to myself, London is missing something. So I just thought it'd be a really unique idea for me to make a can that represents London. And like I said, this started with a dream and I'm not frightened to do anything because it's all part of this dream. I believe this is the first of its kind in Britain. There are other brands, obviously, but they're quite sort of, they're on the internet where this is now in London, for London, for London writers. And hopefully we can get this to go around the world, which I believe I will do, because the picture is a lot bigger than me in Tottenham. That's my belief. Some people will agree, some will disagree. The concept of the colour chart was staring at me for years and I just couldn't understand how other companies did not realise what an amazing thing it would be for the colour charts to be done in sort of like the tube map sort of effect, you know, and using colours in a real term, real, you know, it just thought it was there to be taken. I just did not understand why no one else, you know, did this. And like the way you can fold a colour chart up and you've got yourself a little, sort of like a little tube, you know, and you can put a tag on it. If you look up here, like this, look. People can just tag them up and keep them as a souvenir and it doesn't cost you nothing. You know, this is a color chart. You can take it, break it in half and you've got yourself a little tube to do a little, you know, dub on, tag on, whatever. It's all part of the game. These are things that I've noticed in very short time of being in the game and could never understand why none of the other companies would ever do something like this. I've got colour charts there that have been sitting there for years. No one takes. I've gone through a thousand colour charts in less than three weeks. You know, that to me is an amazing thing. <clears throat> the paint, once it arrives, it's going to go worldwide because I have got distribution set up in Europe which means if we come out of Europe uh, into Brexit, I will still be able to sell my paint from Europe worldwide. Right, the most amazing part about this shop is, firstly where I sit, because this is called uh, the King area. <laughs> also, we've got all the little sort of crystals stuck onto the map from people that have come around the world, which I think is an amazing. Cans that are put up there, are all cans that have been used by graffiti writers that have painted in this establishment somewhere or the other where I've taken their cans. So there are cans up there that have been used by so many different writers. If we go back into the gents or the ladies, it's a unisex toilet. There's a K-Bag lover tag in there. There's so many uh, London writers that have used that toilet and left the tag. And I keep on telling them, leave the floor alone, but some of them just can't resist. So there's loads of tags on the floor, which is beautiful. And then the, I would say the most amazing thing, if you look underneath the mezzanine, there are absolutely thousands of tags, which I think adds to the authenticity of this shop. 
and it sort of gives me pride and pleasure when people say, oh, look, so-and-so's been here. I'm not going to give no names now, but so-and-so's going to be here. And what the most amazing, when I first opened up, some of the people, oh, I'm going to say this one, Panic came in here and he stuck it here. And I was reading an article in the newspaper, Panic in London. And I never realised the person I was reading about come and put a sticker up on here. So, you know, it's always mad things happening here. And you know what? People think it's all about certain aspects of business. It's not. The love you get in this business from certain writers, it's worth more than any money, you know, which you don't get in lots of businesses. I mean, I've done businesses, all sorts of things, and it's dog eat dog. And I'm in a business where it's not about dog eat dog. It's all about... You know, people coming in, chilling out, having a chat with me, except for when I'm trying to do a recording and I can't get rid of them. <laughs> Once I was here, there was one writer standing here, which I'm not going to give his name, and there was another writer on the other side, and they started talking to each other over the top there, and I'm sitting there listening. Anyway, he bought his paint, come over, paid for it, and he walked out. So the other guy walked around and said to me, Bruv, who was that? When I told him his name, he said, Prof, you're joking. I used to go out painting with him 20 years ago. They haven't seen each other for 20 years. They stood there talking to each other over the top about something in Berlin or something. He walks out, he comes over absolutely blown away that he actually spoke to one of his old friends. They used to work right together. And that's the amazing thing that happens here. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you just can't buy things like that. I think all writers are in tune because it could be dead and then all of a sudden they're all here together and I say did you plan to meet here no and it, that amazes me and it doesn't happen once it happens all the time which tells me it's like a mating call all writers sort of come up on the same time of the day and they want to go out and is it a mood they fall into is it a feel they get into but it, I do notice that, and I always sort of say to people, did you plan to meet you? No. And then they go off together to paint, and I find that amazing. There's not a lot of sports that can do this. You can't have a tennis player bumping into his mate on the bus or the train, so go on, let's go and have a game of tennis or a game of golf. You know, those things are pre-organised, whereas graffiti, you can walk into a shop, meet someone, and off they go, three of them, and the joy in their face, because they're all going off to have a paint, is something that is unexplainable. I am not associated with what goes on at that door. When a customer comes in, I try to, I do a lot of recording for Insta. My Insta is crazy. I mean, up to date, I've done over 13,000 posts on Instagram. And if anyone knows anything about statistics, that is a crazy amount. And that's me controlling myself and my iPhone sticking a lot of the times. Sticking. I have to give it a little smack to get it going again. So imagine if it never stuck, how many more it would be. But once the person walks out this door, what they do, to me, it's not my business. What my business is, they come in, they respect it. I try and respect them. I try and always have the colours in stock, which I believe is the most important thing. When a writer comes in, because I believe there's energy within that comes up to pick your colours. You just can't come in and say, I want red, white, blue and blah. You come in and as you're looking at these colours, the inspiration flows out of you. I watch it. I watch people paint that main wall there. 
and I'll watch the moves. And you know what I say? There's more to it than just painting. It's to me like a game of chess when they're freestyling. It's a sport when I watch them do the pirouettes to get the circles or they stretch on their toes. And if what thing I notice, I can always tell a, a graffiti writer that paints a lot from their calves. Their calves are big, they paint a lot. And that comes from tiptoeing to get the high reaches. I might not paint myself, but I'm very observant. And I know when they're painting here and someone starts asking questions, I'll walk over and say, excuse me, I've paid that guy 500 pounds to do that painting, so please don't stone that. But the real reason is, I know he's in his zone. When a man's in his zone, it's like a game of chess. He's figuring out the next move. How is the color gonna go? How is the curve gonna go? And I appreciate all this. That is why I can say there's more to it than just painting. Everyone says, oh, they're just vandals. They're not vandals. I think it's a very intellectual thing that they do. Whether it's bombing, whatever, everything is calculated and crucified. When I first came to this country, I couldn't speak English. So they took me to have my ears tested because they thought I was deaf. Why that is, because I used to pretend I can understand. So when I wasn't looking and they would call me, I wouldn't respond. So they took me to have my ears tested. So my dad's there with me and, and they goes, why are you having his ears tested? Because he doesn't respond in class. Because he doesn't speak English. They went, what? <laughs> he doesn't speak English. That is why he doesn't respond. So what they did to me, they used to put me in the corner of the class, give me a palette of paint and whatever and I would be there just painting for days and days until I started to speak the language but that period in the 60s that they put me you've got to remember in the 60s there weren't a lot of foreigners in this country so if you didn't speak the lingo you were put in the corner until you was able to speak so in that time for me to learn English I did a lot of art I, I did a lot of how can I explain um, I was able to tranquilize myself it was very therapeutic it didn't because I, I used to leave run away from school a lot because how long can you sit there amongst foreign well to me they were foreigners i didn't understand them and i would just get up and boom i knew how to go home and i would run home but then when they put the art to me i was able to sit there and i started to enjoy it and then i made a train funny enough i made a train out of cornflakes boxes i've done the circle i made the box at the back all out of cornflakes boxes and I used to paint it every week, different colour, you know? The worst part is me and my brother in the 70s found a shed full of spray paint. And we went out painting and everyone got sick of us. Imagine we found like a thousand cans of paint. We were like nine years old, ten years old. There was all bomb sites around London. And in those days they had the roll of shutters. So in those days they wouldn't accept it. And you know my initials are BH. So if I do your BH tag, I never realised what it used to be. I mean, this is crazy, man. I'll show you this. This is mad. So they... I'll, let me get a bit of paper. My initial is BH. So because you didn't want to get caught, I would do... What does that look like? And I could do that so quickly, but what used to get us... Every day we'd go back the next day and it'd be all painted over. And then I realised, I thought, oh, I know why they're doing it. I'll tell you what, Stoke Newton wasn't happy with me. <laughs> and that was in the early 70s <clears throat> when most of London was bomb sites. 
Southgate Road, Essex Road was all bomb sites, you know. And, and not so long ago, I went down to the train tracks up in Stokey, Calenbury, and I still got a piece there from about 50, 40 odd years ago. Wow. I took a picture, you could just about tell, and the colour was this horrible green. To this day, I hate that colour because we had cans and cans of it. It was just one colour. I reckon someone's done a job, hid it, got nicked. They never, ever come back. So me and my brother were spraying. Uh, but what was even more funny, we ended up on trackside because we couldn't go in the street. No one saw us, but they knew once we walked through, their shutters would get sprayed. So they made it uncomfortable for us. So we ended up the back of Wrigley Road Market Going to Canterbury, Melmaid Park, I think it's called there. You can jump over the wall and you're in track sites. And I went there about nine months ago and I got scared. I think, is this where I stay as a kid? Come and play. <coughs> Madness. Do you know what? All my life is leading to this point. Honestly, because even with this pain, people are saying to me, you're mad, but there's this, there's that. I said, mate, I'm doing it. And like I said to you earlier on, it took me... 20 minutes to make my decision and to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fashion guy, I'm in clothing. <laughs> you know, I can go back into that world easy. I did it for 30 years before I came into this world. You know, that's where I, I'm in my zone. But when you do something for 30 years and you don't want to get out of bed to do it, and then something comes and bangs you on your head, which is this has done, and you get to meet some amazing people, some amazing artists, some amazing things happening. I mean, there's so many things that are happening for me next year. It's just crazy. And it would never happen to me in the fashion world. Because what I was doing, there was hundreds of us doing the same thing. Someone messages you from um, New Zealand and says, bruv, shout out to my crew. Or someone messages you from Argentina. Or Messi's cousin comes in here and says, I'm Messi's cousin and gives you that. Maradona is a saint and I'm Messi's cousin. I said, no, you're not. And then all of a sudden he pulls out his phone and shows me pictures with Messi. I'm thinking, wow. I mean, I go through a lot of ups and downs, but my focus is something else you know future is the world I'm, I'm you know people say london i said mate there's a big world out there if i've got a world audience which i have and i can produce something for them which i think i have i think there's nothing to stop me summer's excellent i mean this year for about four weeks i barbecue every day barbecue every day for you know three four four weeks then i had the jam in april for three days which was um orchestrated with myself and mbq a company based in spain which went down a treat we had over 51 artists from all over england that attended we had uh, four five hundred people that came through over the two days I mean, saying that, I'm hoping to organise one of the biggest graffiti jams for 2020. We're just waiting for confirmation of our venue, which will again be for three days. And there will be enough wall space for over 100 writers. There will be food, there will be DJs. I mean, I am taking it to another, another level. This was a decision that I took in 20 minutes. And to make it happen... I thought was going to be very, very hard, but it hasn't been very hard. It's been very simple. Everyone around me that is involved has helped me, which is an amazing thing because I really thought I was going to pull out of it. But 
it's here and it will be in London very, very soon. I paid the initial deposit for this. This is why when you walked in, I said to you, watch this space, mate. Next year, I mean, it's just, I feel it. Yeah. Don't ask me why, I can feel it. You know, and you can't just get that feeling because people say, oh, you've done it. I said, mate, then guys were saying, I said, mate, this is where I am. It's that big, you know? So I reckon there's a good reason for what I've come into. Do you imagine? If you'd have said to me Christmas 2011, you're going to sell paint. You know what I'd have said to you? You lost your marbles, mate. I don't have a dicky bird about paint. I mean, you should have seen my face when he said I'm a graffiti writer to the geezer. I went, what? Well, people do graffiti. Goes, yeah, I'm a graffiti writer. You know who it is, don't you? You know who it is. You know who it is, isn't it? <laughs> Again, this is where all the caps are kept in sweetie jars. It brings me back to the days when I was a young man and I used to go to the corner shop. I'm talking about a proper corner shop. Jack Goldstein was the shopkeeper. All the sweeties were in the jars for a penny. I tell you what, you used to get a bag full of sweeties. And this is what I tried to sort of create here. Back to my sort of young days when I was a young man in London and going to the corner shop and Jack used to give you the little bag and you used to open them, you used to take two of that, three of that. And basically when you're buying your caps, it's the same sort of atmosphere. And the colors add to all the excitement of getting your paint and getting your caps. And you know what? Without caps, you can't spray. So for me, they're, they're, they're very important things of a paint shop. Right, on my return from my holiday in 2011, the first thing I noticed, this store was smashed in. And where they came in, so they wouldn't cut themselves, they stepped on this store. This store scrapes along the bottom here and I won't replace it. I would leave it as a reminder of the day that this shop was invaded by rioters. So if anyone comes to the shop and wonders why this store's always scraping on the floor, that's the reason. When they stepped into it to come in, the door moved a bit, but I could easily have it done, but I just don't, because it reminds me what had happened. Right, as we come in, you'll find the Billy Boy <laughs> dummy. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say the dummy. Madness in the house reminds me about what it's all about, madness. As we walk in, we find our counter. My limited editions cans that were combined with MBQ. My famous map, which was what used to happen in all the shops back in the day, mostly where they visited, but in my case, these are people that have come here. And the most amazing one was from the Solomon Islands. A dude come in, he said, I'm from the Solomon Islands. I said, you're lying. He took off his clothes and he had all the sort of traditional tattoos all over his body. I believed him. <laughs> um, the mezzanine. This mezzanine is one of the biggest, well, the most expensive mistake I made. When this mezzanine was being put in, I was more interested about the height upstairs than downstairs. So once they left and they done it, I kept on whacking my head. I thought, yeah, but I'll get used to it. After four days, I rang them back up. I said, people, come back and raise this mezzanine, please. £3,000 it cost me, because the whole thing had to be dismantled. And if you look here, you can see it's been taken up by an inch and a half. <laughs> I learned very quickly, measure five times, cut once. And that's the moral of that story. Now, the other thing is, 
my cans that are all set up there like i said earlier on these are people that have all painted in this vip graffiti paint and i sort of take inspiration from their cans and use it as decoration in the shop and it also is something unique that is helpful to everyone these are the more limited edition cans these are some of the t-shirts that i do and then this is the 1000 milligram vip <laughs> joke can we have the montana blacks down the left we have the montana girls down the right we have the most amazing toilet there that everyone loves to come and take pictures in don't ask me why but there's something amazing that they like doing in there these are chalk paints which i believe i'm the chalk paints which a lot of people don't stop but i try to keep everything so at any time they can get what they need i find a lot of film companies use that stuff because it's washable as we come around there we've got the water-based paints which i try to stock 90 percent of the colors at all time then we've got the molotovs then we've got the wt hefs i'm not going to tell you what it stands for but this was designed for the carnival it's high pressure gloss carnival boards cheap and cheerful 20 12 counts for 30 pound it's an amazing deal for someone that wants to go and have a bit of fun at the carnival then we've got the mbq which is the sleeping giant a lot of people didn't believe in it but i did and you know what a lot of the big guns are appreciating it for what it does then if we come over to the back we've got the hardcore mtn against spanish and then we've got the 94 which is what a lot of people want to do realism with to your left but this is the baby this is the one that no one believed in but i believed in it and i'll tell you what a lot of people appreciate this paint 174 colors it's amazing for realism and look billy boys limited edition can the limited edition can there's four colors in it presently but i'm hoping to do next year 12 more colors with a collaboration with mbq they don't mind they know it's all good promotion for everybody Imagine that, a limited edition can at the same price as a normal can. And this is the office. You know, this office is just bits of work that have been given to me over the years. But my favourite is this piece here from Mr. Chris Riggs. Love, love, love. It's eight square metres. It's amazing. You know what? It's just, again, Mr. Caesar, a little present, you know housewife art those pieces there tom blackford mark doodle ecto matt dossa peza nysa up there tube maps maybe off ski inuk i think it means big in the uk not big inuk but that's how i read it mr mina opaque I mean, these are just amazing things. I sit here for days. I will never get bored of them. Gessa from Canada. Sending love as always. Top guy. 
This was by someone from LA. I'm not going to give his name because I think he's someone else, but he uses an alias. This was two years ago at Christmas. Yes, yes. I do love this, mate. And I'll tell you what, you know who you are in a special place. Every time I go to get a drink. This was someone from, again, LA, Los Angeles. These are signed autographs, which absolutely blew me away. I sent this dude a t-shirt and in return, he sent me these, which I'm forever grateful for. <coughs> madness in the house. <laughs> yo, 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 madness in the house. You think I'm playing games? I was never playing games. That is why London cans are born.